Well, I had an email this morning that summed it all up. Don't worry, Bob. Everything will be fixed in three weeks on Election Day. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Hard to believe in three weeks here in the United States, we have another election. Yep, we have an election in three weeks from today. And everybody is sending me emails, primarily politicians seeking additional contributions. They're going to fix everything. Trust us. We can get the job done. You just need us to stop, you know, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, and we'll put a stop to all the things that the the Biden White House is doing. And I remind myself that it's been 50 years since I first voted. At least it'll be 50 years come three weeks from now. And I really believed the first time I went to vote in Summit County, Ohio. I really believed I was going to fix the world. Really, I was going to fix it because I knew how to vote and I knew that my vote would count and I knew that my vote would have influence and I would change the world. How many people believe they were going to get honesty and integrity in Washington, D.C. when they voted for Jimmy Carter in 1976? Instead, we got high gas prices, inflation and malaise. That was the term that was used. Then in 1980, optimism from Ronald Reagan. In fact, his optimism was contagious, and he won re-election by an absolute landslide in 84. Then George H.W. Bush did very well in 1988, and then the world changed on a dime in, in 1992, didn't it? Bill Clinton, followed by George W. Bush, followed by Barack Obama, followed by one term of Trump, and now two years of a destructive presidency in Biden. And somehow this election, this election is going to fix everything. We're going to get the right people in there. Hey, listen, didn't you see that Tulsi Gabbard has now left the Democrat Party? You got people speculating she'll be the running mate for Donald Trump in 2024. So just get us in office now. We'll we'll shut down Biden. We'll make sure that Nancy Pelosi decides to take that job as ambassador to Italy and leaves the United States House of Representatives. And Chuck Schumer will be the minority leader again. And just trust us, we can fix it. I got news for you. It's not going to be fixed on election day. It'll only be fixed, in my opinion, on judgment day. Till then, we are still living in the chances and changes of this sinful world. People that claim to be something they're not. Liars and reprobates, people with agendas demonic influences and satanic behavior, the likes that I have never seen, gets more empowered with each passing day. 
The world has always been an evil place. There's never been a time when the world was not full of evil. I mean, let's be honest. In many ways, we are not more evil today than we were 50 years ago. We just allow it to be visible. We have a 24-7 news cycle. We have people that have decided, hey, nobody seems to mind, so I will be I'll say what I want to say. I'll do what I want to do. I have no filter anymore because nobody cares. We really haven't gotten worse. We just don't hide it anymore. We don't bother to hide it. And we are raising our children in this freak show, this horror show that is our 21st century society. You would think that after 1965 and the Great Society, we should have everything fixed and we should have equity and there should be no troubles in the world and everybody would have health care. We were told that. We're going to get that in 2010. Obamacare coming on board. It's going to, it's going to fix the health care system. And what did it do? Made it vastly worse and more expensive which was the goal to begin with. But everybody believes the lie because they want to. They need to. Or they've given themselves over to demonic spirits where they no longer can even recognize truth. And so if you believe in, in your heart of hearts that somehow, that somehow, three weeks from today, the United States is going to fix everything. And what we don't get fixed in three weeks will get fixed in two more years when we take it all back. If you believe that, I pity you. Because I have been disappointed for the most part. I would say 40 some odd, maybe 42 of the past 50 years. And overall, it is worse today than it was back then. Far too many people place their lives into politics today because they have abandoned what little faith they had to start with. There was a time here in the United States that people were proud to talk about the church they attended. And many people truly believed what the scriptures had to say. They put their faith and their hope in things eternal. They raised their families. They had their jobs. They planned for their retirements. They enjoyed the many good times and celebrations of life. And they knew at the end of this earthly race that they were redeemed in Jesus Christ. Now, today, that is not true. This morning, I was sending an email to a a clergyman out in California, somebody that is looking for leadership within his church, well, for himself and the church work that he does and is wishing to affiliate with the church body that I lead. And I wrote him back and, and I explained to him in no uncertain terms that we have a very ripe mission field We know that more than half, at minimum, 
53% of Americans are not connected to any kind of institution of religion. And I'm using that in a broad sense. 53% of the population does not go to a church, a synagogue, a mosque, anything you can think of. They're not even attached to any form of religion. 53%. Oh, they may say they're spiritual. They may have some other nonsensical line to, you know, to cover for themselves to make them feel like, well, maybe it's not so bad. Then you have 47% that are to some degree, and it varies tremendously within that 47%, that are affiliated. I'm going to use that word in a loose sense. Affiliated with some kind of religion or church or mosque or synagogue or whatever. Sometimes they only go, you know, twice a year. You know those. I had one at a church years ago. Said, man, I love coming to your church, but it seems like you're always singing the same hymns. I said, what's that? He goes, you know, silent night and Jesus Christ is risen today. They're cultural Christians. It's kind of in their DNA or the way they were raised. And and certain things, they get this little warm spot in their heart for the baby Jesus and, and the Easter bunny or whatever, and they may show up once or twice a year. Others maybe a couple of times a year when, when it's convenient, the fish aren't biting. There's not a ball game. There's not another activity that's more important. They may show up too. They let their children choose at a young age if they want to participate or not. Because, see, church is one of those kind of things that, you know, it's up to a child to decide, just like their gender. And we should trust the children's decision. And then I wonder how many of those parents let the children decide if they're going to brush their teeth, go to school, How many of them would allow them to make all those decisions in life? Yet the most important decision, they just throw it to the kid and say, figure it out. The Bible says we're to raise our children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And it's because we have failed to do that, we have so many of the additional problems today with no filter. And people are so determined to take care of their own personal needs They don't care about others. And then others have fallen for deception, big time deception, and they end up worshiping the planet and not the creator of the planet. You know, we mentioned yesterday the verse from Jeremiah, Jeremiah 4, verse 22. And in the King James Version, it is rendered, for my people is foolish. They have not known me. They are sodas children. In other words, they're foolish. They're misbehaved. They're errant. And they have none understanding. They are wise to do evil, but to do good, they have no knowledge. How true is that today? It's really been true for a long time. If you look at the NASB, one of my 
preferred translations, very accurate, in English that we understand. For my people are foolish. They know me not. They're stupid children, and they have no understanding. They are shrewd to do evil, but to do good they do not know. In other words, they have the reprobate mind. They have the reprobate mind. We are being told over and over and over again that our world is coming to a dramatic end. And we've started worshiping the planet and this planetary worship, and it really is true. It is planetary worship. It starts at a very young age in the public schools, even in some some preschools. But starting in kindergarten, the first and second and third grade, our children are then exposed to this idea that we are destroying the earth and your your mom and dad, if they own you know, a, a, a Jeep Grand Cherokee or, or some other SUV are destroying the planet. They need to be in little electric cars. You need to reduce your carbon footprint because don't you know carbon is evil and so is carbon dioxide. It's poison. We must get rid of carbon dioxide and carbon. Now, that's one of the dumbest things if you open your mind and if you've not been indoctrinated and lost your mind anybody that watched star trek in 1966 already knows this we're a carbon-based planet who'd have thunk it we're carbon-based our entire biological system is carbon-based our plant life is carbon-based plants need carbon dioxide to thrive And the more they thrive, the more oxygen they return for you and I to breathe. Yet we're being told that carbon carbon, uh, dioxide is, is bad. Can't have it. Must be reduced. It's a greenhouse gas. It's going to kill us all. And then we're told carbon is bad. Carbon is the basis of human life, plant life, and this entire creation of God. And they're the things that they mark as evil and they indoctrinate your children where they can no longer even discern the truth when they start to learn basic science. They, they, they become detached. Emotionally, they want to save the planet. Must remove, we must remove fossil fuel. We must stop burning natural gas. We must have wind and solar and electric automobiles in every driveway. And a plant-based chicken in every pot. Or maybe maybe a pot full of bugs. Who knows? We can't have chicken anymore or beef. We're going to eat crickets and bugs and fake plant-based meat. Or chemically created meat or something. And so this kind of insanity is what has been entrenching and growing like a cancer in our society for 50 years. Now, 50 years ago, we all worried a little bit about the planet getting colder. 
So if we just reduce pollution, we'll stop it and have landfills. That was going to solve everything. Stop polluting the rivers and have a landfill. We'll save the planet from freezing over. I guess it worked because, and it worked too well because in no time, we're burning the planet up. It's going to catch fire. It's going to be spontaneous combustion. We're told because of mankind. We have, we're destroying the planet. We are, we're making monster hurricanes and bad weather and we're going to just melt the ice caps. Hurricanes are going to be more powerful than ever before. And it wasn't long ago that a guy named Michael Schellenberger shared a tweet thread that detailed what he calls the dark side of renewable energy projects that these climate alarmists want you to ignore while they frantically push to save the world from the alleged catastrophic global warming, now known as climate change. And see, Michael Schellenberger, amongst other things, is a leading energy expert who testifies and advises governments around the world. He has testified in the United States, the United Kingdom, Japan, Taiwan, South Korea, Philippines, Australia, the Netherlands, Belgium, and Germany, and others. Now, back last month, he was invited to testify at a United States congressional hearing on fueling the climate crisis, examining big oil's prices, profits, and pledges. And what he also talks about is the communities that are fighting back against these impositions of environmentally destructive projects like solar. Look how many acres of these black reflective panels are on the ground. Wind projects. Yeah, by the way, I wonder how the solar panels fared in Florida with a hurricane that were on a roof. You know, many insurance companies may not pay some claims if you have solar panels, I'm learning. You know, solar farms produce toxic waste and they devastate wildlife habitats. And there's the, there's the human cost. The batteries are made in China by forced labor. and You know, you know it all. Wind turbines are a definite danger to birds and their blades are sent to landfills because it's too expensive to recycle them and they don't last forever. And, and I wanted to share a little bit of a, it's about less than a minute or so, highlight of a couple of your typical questions and statements by the intellectually bankrupt, morally bankrupt, spiritually bankrupt individuals that inhabit the United States House of Representatives as they perpetuate the lies. It's propaganda, my friends. You keep saying it long and loud enough. People believe it. Kids believe it. High school students believe it. College students believe they buy into it. They they give their life to it, almost like a religion. And they do. It is a religion. So listen to this little couple of the statements made and how Mr. Schellenberger responds. These really destructive hurricanes, those will all intensify both in terms of their strength, but also their frequency. We need to move away from fossil fuels, and that absolutely includes gas. And that's why I am very glad that New York State is doing exactly that. 
There was a couple of inf pieces of information that people right stated ahead. here that were incorrect. Someone said that New York is moving away from gas. That's false. Natural gas and oil went from 77% to 89% of its electricity supply between 2020 and 2021 because New York shut down a perfectly functioning nuclear right. power plant. So New York is not moving away from gas. It became more dependent on gas because of the war on American energy. There was another statement that was made that hurricanes will become more frequent in the United States. That is also not the prediction of the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. It supports the notion of a substantial decrease, 25% in the overall number of Atlantic hurricanes and tropical storms. So in terms of misinformation, we've seen some here today. He's exactly right. The amount of misinformation, the amount of out and out lies. Many of those statements that are out there today that you see in the news media being pushed in our public school classrooms, in our colleges and universities, these statements, these statements that are not true are being proffered by the media as truth that you must believe. And if you don't believe this truth, there's something wrong with you. You hate the world. You're a climate denier. And the list goes on and on and on. All I can tell you is this. Either they know the truth and they choose to lie to keep power. Or they have given over their souls to the dark side without even realizing it in some cases. And they are given over, as the Bible says, to mass delusion. And they will never see the truth. They will always believe the lie. We need to, we need to remember the book of Romans. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. And I, and I want to remind you of what St. Paul says. And it starts... Well, we'll just pick up at verse 20 here. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power, we're talking God, and the Godhead, so they are without excuse. And he talks about people that refuse to believe in the Creator. And here's what St. Paul says, verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Man, that sounds like a lot of people that I see in the House of Representatives and those that run around saying, I am science. Trust the science. Follow the science. Follow the money. Follow the money. And see what happens to these individuals. They, they reject God and they put everything, all of their hope in this planet. They then view the planet as fragile and must be saved and sustained. We have to have all this green energy. 
and they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God, this is what they did, into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. In other words, they reject God and they worship the planet and the creation. Verse 24, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Man, you can't say this much anymore in a lot of places. Can't say this on Facebook. Can't say this on Twitter. You'll be banned for hate speech for quoting that Bible verse. You can't say Romans chapter 1 and verses basically 24 through, you know, 29. They changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever amen and for this cause boy you say this verse you'll lose your paypal account for this cause god gave them up unto vile affections for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature and likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust toward one another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a, ready for this, a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetedness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, disrespectful, proud boasters, inventor of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affections, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. I think St. Paul hit the nail on the head. Wouldn't you agree? And when you look at some of those that are in leadership today, they are, and I've used, now you know why I keep using the term on this program, a reprobate mind. Chuck Schumer has a reprobate mind. Joe Biden has a reprobate mind. Kamala Harris has a reprobate mind. Nancy Pelosi has a reprobate mind. That is not a judgment. That is an observation. You know them by their fruits. They claim to be some kind of Christian yet they deny the truth of God's word. They spit in the face of Jesus Christ and they grieve the Holy Spirit. 
In many cases, I think they have blasphemed the Holy Spirit willingly, knowingly, for political expediency. And for many in the House of Representatives that are falling for this lie of this climate change, Earth's destruction, they are of a reprobate mind. And they are believing the lie being sold to them by the demons from hell. And that's just, I'm just scratching the surface today on some of the things you need to be seeing. There's a lot going on in this world. There are a lot of stories that need to be covered, and a lot of people cover a lot of the other stories. I I can't cover them all. There are times I wish I had all the resources to have a complete news site, but there's no need for it. I think what's most important for what I do, and I'm trying to stay more focused as the days go by. Sure, we'll talk about some of the stories others ignore. I'll bring you stories to remind you of the of the lies you're being you're being sold and told. I will consistently remind you that the mainstream media is now under satanic influence, as are the networks that run them, where they celebrate all manner of sin. They're reprobate. There's nothing in them of any wholesome value. You know, more people probably see the view on the Tucker Carlson show and little bits and pieces or somebody else than they do watching it, which is maybe we should ignore that program because really it has no redeeming value at all. None. Zero. Now, when I get back in a minute, I'm going to give you some other stories that really kind of relate to what you just heard, but it it kind of brings it full circle to understand the challenge that we truly face in our world today and, and, and how we're just heading toward this day of God's judgment. If you believe in the work, the mission, and ministry of Truth to Ponder, we've been doing this radio program now for over two years, every day, every day, Monday through Friday, and there's a weekend edition heard by some radio stations. I am the unpaid employee. I am the only employee. God has laid upon my heart to do this radio program. And I really believe in the power of shortwave radio. I know that not many people have a shortwave radio. But then again, there are a thousand other people out there doing their their podcast and video cast on YouTube and and uh, what are they, BitChute and all the other places you can do videos or from their websites. And they have built their little empires in video land. And I know it's hard for them because their expenses to do such programming is rather high. Their cost is is huge. They have to have staff, editors, talent. 
you know, it's not easy doing that. And so I, I, you know, it's, I'm sure there's a value, but it's also the first line that can be shut off. And when you become big, you become a target. So I stay in my little corner of the world producing this daily radio program that also goes out as a podcast. And even if the podcast host were to pull the plug, there's one podcast host that I have that won't. It is a purely Christian organization, so it'll be one of the last to disappear. If I relied on Google and iTunes and Stitcher and all, if they were my my only source, I'd be in trouble or iHeartRadio. Sure, we're on all of those right now. But the day will probably come where one by one they'll call this hate speech and pull the plug. I get it. That's why shortwave radio is very important. That's why many of you should consider, if you're able, learn about ham radio. I plan on studying to get my more advanced license in ham radio. I really haven't used it. I spent all my years in, in you know, AM, FM broadcast and, you know, shortwave. But I know we need to find ways to stay connected. And we'll be talking about that maybe later this week, ways to be connected. So if you believe in this radio program and ministry, and so I can continue to pay for the airtime and maybe even expand the airtime, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? That's Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is Post Office Box 510. Post Office Box 510. The city is Chilhowie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowie, Virginia. Chilhowie, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowie is 24319. That's 24319. 24319. And I'm going to thank you in advance for the help that you can give. I'm not some big ministry. I rely on the gifts of all of you that listen on radio and even some by podcast. I know the summer was a struggle. We barely got through, but there's opportunity out there. And I'll share a little bit about that before the program is over today. When I come back, I'm going to take a few minutes and tie some of this together with some of the players you need to pay attention to because they will impact your life whether you believe it or not. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The mystery of the Western light coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving your special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. In the Temple of Jerusalem, there was the menorah, the seven-branch lampstand. And there was one light that was most unique. It was called the Western light. It was the central light that lit up all the others. It was the light of this light that lit up the other six. And it was called the Western light because it was the westernmost it faced in. And so the, an amazing thing happened. The rabbis recorded that suddenly... 40 years before the destruction of the temple, the Western light would go out. The one that would light up all the rest would go out. 
What year? 40 years before the destruction of the temple. The temple was destroyed in 70 AD. That puts it at 30 AD. At the time Messiah was on the cross, the Western light went out in the temple, according to the rabbis. Amazing. He said, I am the light of the world. It says in John, he is the light that lights up the light of men. He's the light of the lights of men. He's our light. Listen, if you're born again, he is your light. You, no matter what you've done, what you have, you have that light. And if, if your own lamp has kind of gone out or gone low, it's okay. He can light you up again. You can burn on, you can burn with a holy fire again. You know, that love for him, that zeal, maybe you don't feel you have it anymore. It's okay. He'll light you up. Come back to him. Come back to his light. He's the light of lights that lights up our hearts. He'll restore the fire of your first love. Just come to him. Let him light you up because he is the Western light. Want more? Ask for the Yoma mystery on CD. Now, how would you like to be blessed with something wonderful? Well, you know, to have a super life in God, to turn your walk into a super walk. Well, sapphires, it's like vitamins for your spirit, free gift subscription, plus the mystery of the temple doors, all free. How do you get this free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' really your name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join me in the Great Commission to bring salvation back to the Jewish people and reach millions of unreached peoples around the world on five continents. It's amazing. It's like sending a billion tracks around the world. Shortwave radio is the farthest way you can ever, ever reach the world. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. The Nice Jewish Boy at Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. That's The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Be lit up, arise and shine, my friend. Your light has come in Messiah, or Haolam, the light of the world. is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I welcome you back to part two of Truth to Ponder for this Tuesday, three weeks away from the election that'll fix the United States. Yeah, right. As the Bible says, do not put your trust in princes or the sons of men. And too many people today have God as an afterthought. We're going to vote for this guy. Vote for that. Look, Tulsi Gabbard, she's now one of us. You better check some of the things she really still does believe before you fall into the trap. I think so many uh, in the conservative movement are so enamored by personalities, they, they don't do enough digging. And I've already heard the rumors, I'm sure some of you have too, that she'll be the running mate in 2024 for you-know-who. We'll see. There's a lot of time between now and then. And I put nothing against the reprobates in the Democrat Party to lie, connive, to do anything evil to get their way because they crave power. And it goes back to what I was sharing in Romans chapter 1. This lust for power, this worship of the earth, this desire to be the top of the heap, so to speak. Our children are daily indoctrinated in our public schools. I was thinking back 
the other day. Actually, really more like over the summer. I thought about what it was, what it was like that I had graduated high school, going on to a tech school, then on to a college, and, and what life was like in 1972. And I'm going to be very brief about this. I felt the world at that time. I mean, I, I had heard about Earth Day a couple of years before, and I, I listened to all that nonsense about the world's going to freeze. I didn't buy into it. I just didn't. It all seemed so, well, it seemed like a bunch of baloney to me at that time. Maybe I was discerning already. I don't know. But I knew that the that I looked at the opportunities that I'm being given. I had a good education and of all things, a combination. My younger years were in a parochial school, a Christian school. My high school years, because we had moved, were in a public school in a small town not far from Lake Ontario in upstate New York. And a lot of the teachers in that school went to church on Sunday. What a concept. A lot of those teachers truly cared about our education. They had a passion. They were really nice people. They were not trying to sell an agenda or even politics. I didn't see a whole lot of that. I never felt it. I never felt persuaded that I had to believe one thing or the other. And if I didn't believe this, they would, you know, I'd be ostracized. I'd be tossed to the sidelines. I'd be ridiculed. If anything, I was taught by an English teacher in my senior year to stand for your convictions, research your convictions, and be prepared to defend your convictions. Now today, it's be prepared to regurgitate your indoctrination. Now, I would if you're if you're honest with yourself, how many how many people ever heard of the World Economic Forum? Let's say 15 years ago. How many people discussed the World Economic Forum 20 years ago? I mean, they've been around since the 1970s, Klaus Schwab and family. And over these years, they've been gradually working their way into governments in the Western world and even in the not-so-Western world. Growing with money from stakeholders in business and politics. They now are a force to be reckoned. And they believe they can guide this planet that they, they love and worship so much into a better age, a, a more fair world, a great reset, so to speak. And I want to play this little audio clip. It's about a minute, and it goes back to the year 2020. It is a few weeks before the election of 2020. So we're talking a little over two years ago, maybe two years ago. And this, I believe, is from the BBC. I'm almost positive that it is. And the BBC is a propaganda outlet. And you can even tell by the reporter's questions as she's asking Klaus Schwab about the opportunities for sustainability. Now, they had talked about the Great Reset. They talked about a whole lot of stuff. But sustainability, and I'll explain why it's so important, why that word is becoming more in vogue, sustainability. 
and why you need to be alert. And you need to, every time you hear that, you need to be very cautious. And so she talks about at the last economic crisis, referring to 2008, compared to this one, all of a sudden things like sustainability are important. But last time around in the crisis, we saw people didn't care so much about the environment when we were talking about large-scale job losses. This time seems different. Are you surprised about how strong the sustainability theme has been right through the pandemic? No, um, I would see even a, a chance to, to, um, uh, to accelerate, uh, let's say, our uh, transition into a green economy because um, people probably recognize that we have to become more resilient. We have now the experience of one crisis, the environmental crisis, the climate crisis could be a much bigger one. So um, I see more awareness, but on the other hand, we have the big issue of um, unemployment, of uh, low levels of employment, and I think We shouldn't see the two as contradictory objectives. Now, let me just give you a very simplistic answer to what he just said and commentary. There's a lot more I could say. We we heard earlier in the first part of the program how many people in the United States, in Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, how New Zealand... Germany, France, it's all about being green, sustainability, must get rid of fossil fuel, must get rid of gasoline car, save planet, planet die. It's going to go, I mean, this is the mantra. And and I'm going to remind you right now, and never forget this, if you're intellectually honest and do the research, you're going to find out that every catastrophic prediction of climate change that should have been devastating by now, made over the past over 50 years. Over 50 years of prediction after prediction, dire uh, consequences if we didn't act now. Things that have should, but things that they claimed would have happened by now or 10 years ago, even 20 and 30 years ago, none of it ever happened. Their batting average is really pathetic. If this was the batting average of somebody wanting to be on a baseball team, you wouldn't be picked. It is amazing to me that those that are in the climate game can be 100% wrong 100% of the time, and they're still held out as experts on MSNBC and CNN and elsewhere, New York Times. They still go back for more. Yet none of them have ever been been correct. And so we're to believe them now of something that'll happen in 2059 or 2080 if we don't act now. We have how many years left to save the planet? Five years? One year? Depends on the last time somebody made the claim. And see, all of this is being used to control. See, if if you're on an electric automobile and our infrastructure doesn't allow you to charge as frequently as you'd like because we don't have the infrastructure, we know that solar and wind aren't going to cut it. Texas proved that when they got nailed about a year ago during the winter 
when all of their systems failed and they had blackouts. California rolling blackouts. Yeah, they want you to have an electric car, but you can't charge it. And the car you might be able to afford is going to be like the one built in 1912. Yeah, 110 years ago, there was an electric car. Went 25 miles an hour with a 100-mile range. You want to know something? If many governments had their way, that's the kind of car you would have. To stay in your little zone and area. Only the, the elites can travel by air and go long distances. You don't need to unless it's public transportation and we know where you're going and why. There, there are those out there that are making claims like, you know, what they really need to do is get rid of all non-essential travel. You need to have permission from your government to go somewhere. And the other myth is that we have way too many people. We need to get rid of human beings. There are those that believe firmly, and I want you to understand this. There are those that believe firmly that we need to get rid of upwards of the vast majority, like we need to kill off 7.5 billion with a B people. And why? Because they're not needed in this technology age. I've mentioned this guy before. If anybody is an example of the spirit of Antichrist, it is Yuval Noah Harari. Now, this guy, as I've mentioned many times before, is a top advisor and speaker, top advisor and speaker for the World Economic Forum. And he really believes that 7.5 billion people are simply no longer needed because we have so many great technologies and artificial intelligence and we have machine learning and bioengineering. And so we don't need all these people to grow food, to do certain work. It's just not needed anymore. We don't need these big populations. We need to get rid of them. And so the World Economic Forum entertains all these devoted followers at their annual meetings in Davos, Switzerland, and these devotees, they include heads of state, those that they have trained as young leaders, congressmen, governors, CEOs, Hollywood entertainers, sports, you know, figures. And they're given this full diet of propaganda by this Luciferian it's a Luciferian organization. And so Yuval Noah Harari believes we need to get rid of a lot of mankind. And he makes no bones about it. Now, the man, real fast, I don't have a whole lot of time. The man is homosexual, living with his male lover in Israel. And he he's an atheist to the core, or so he claims to be. I think he's Luciferian. I think he's demonically possessed. I think that he is of a reprobate mind and given over to mass delusion unto his own damnation, to be quite blunt. And I'm just saying what St. Paul would say. That's an observation based on the words from his mouth like this. In the Industrial Revolution of the 19th century, what humanity basically learned to produce 
was all kinds of stuff, like textiles and shoes and weapons and, and vehicles. And this was enough for very few countries that underwent the revolution fast enough to subjugate everybody else. What we're talking about now is like a second industrial revolution, but the product this time will not be textiles or machines or vehicles or even weapons. The product this time will be humans themselves. We are basically learning to produce bodies and minds. Bodies and minds are going to be, the, I think, the two main products of the next wave of all these uh, uh, changes. And if there is a gap between those that know to produce bodies and minds and those that do not, then this is far greater than anything we saw before in, in history. And this time, if you're not part of the revolution fast enough, then you probably become, become extinct. Once you know how to produce bodies and brains and minds, so cheap labor in Africa or South Asia or wherever, it, it simply counts for nothing. Again, I think that the biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decades, will be what to do with all these useless people. I don't think we have an economic model to, for that. My best guess, which is just a guess, is that uh, food will not be a problem. Uh, with that kind of technology, you will be able to produce food for, to feed everybody. The problem is more uh, boredom and how, what to do with them and how will they find some sense of meaning in life when they are basically meaningless, worthless. My best guess at present is a combination of drugs and computer games. This is not some kind of a conspiracy theory or made-up facts or fake news. These are the words of somebody that has the ear of an organization that has incredible influence across governments worldwide. This once obscure organization called the World Economic Forum is a powerhouse. Justin Trudeau is a graduate of their Young Leaders group. So is Angela Merkel and many, many, many others you know and even people in the United States House of Representatives today have been trained to look at a global world. We need to get rid of borders. And these same reprobates are going to be coming out for your vote, many of them, in three weeks, and they'll get them. Even some phony conservatives will get votes from people that think they're doing some good. How many phony conservatives have fooled a lot of people over the years? Think about it. Many. We just don't need this vast human population because, see, people have no net worth. They have no value anymore. We don't need them. They're useless. How do we get rid of all these useless eaters that are destroying our wonderful planet that we worship? To save the planet, we must go green. Wind, solar, electric, no fossil fuel, no children. We need to get rid of 97%, if you figure the number out that he said, of the world's population. Only 3% of humankind are needed, according to Yuval Noah Harari. 
There's something about his character. There's something about him and what he says, the way he lives. He is the epitome of everything the Bible warns us against in the spirit of Antichrist. By the way, let's be very honest. John says very clearly, the spirit of Antichrist is already here, that we've known that since the time that Jesus ascended into heaven. The spirit of Antichrist is already here. We're not waiting for it. It's here. And its power and influence over the ages have has risen and fallen. But it never falls back to quite where it once was. Evil takes a few steps forward and a step or two back, but it's consistently destroying the planet and the hearts of men. We are up against the evil day. And so that's why I'm talking this week from Jeremiah. For my people is foolish. They have not known me. They are scoutish children. And they have none understanding. They are wise to do evil, but to do good they have no knowledge. What good did you hear from Noah Yaval Harari? He believes his life has meaning and purpose, but 97% of the population's lives don't. He believes that he and his male lover living in Israel, they're the elites. They should be surviving. And they believe for them that technology will someday intervene. Oh, yeah. Someday, technology, they're going to marry their humanness into technology and live forever. This is no conspiracy theory. This is what these people believe. And if they were like some little cult off, you know, in California, most would not pay them a whole lot of attention. But these are the people that world leaders, including presidents and prime ministers, come to see and listen and absorb and participate in every year in Davos, Switzerland. We'll we'll pick up on this later this week. Once again, if you believe in the mission and ministry of Truth to Ponder, I need to hear from you to stay on shortwave. If you make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, our mailing address, very easy, Post Office Box 510, P.O. Box 510. The city is Chilhowie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowie, Virginia, P.O. Box 510, Chilhowie, Virginia, zip code is 24319. That's zip code again, 24319. And we'll see you again tomorrow. And until tomorrow at the same time, may God richly bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.